Hey everyone, and welcome to Raised on the Diz. This is episode six, and we're talking the best successes of our Walt Disney World vacation. We're actually recording this from the Boardwalk Resort near Epcot. I'm Nick. And I'm Zolan. And so we're going to get right into talking about the best things that have happened on our trip. We're going to talk about the seven best successes. So this is a bit of a longer trip for us. We started down here on the 19th of June, and Mm -hmm. we're still here just Mm -hmm. wrapping it up. But we've had a chance to take a look at what has been successful about this trip and maybe what has been not so successful Yes. And we, you know, as with any trip, there are certainly pros and cons. We are going to be covering our, we're calling them our failures, but our uh, kind of least successful aspects of this trip on the next show, right? Yeah. And I think I'll preview one of them. We thought it would be really easy to have a three-year-old who was 40 inches and able to ride a lot of things. That ended up not being so great. Yeah. Really great while it was going on. Not so great whenever he was forced to get off the rides. (laughs) I'm going to leave that as a preview for next week's episode, which will be on our failures. We've had a really good time. We have. But I think it's really important to note that... When you get on social media and you see the great pictures that people post that make their vacation look like it's been awesome, and we're guilty of that too, uh, that's a plug to follow us on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Raised on the Diz or Instagram at Instagram.com forward slash Raised on the Diz. We have lots of great pictures of our vacation there. Only the good ones, right? Right. And, you know, yeah, and that's what we were talking about on this trip. You know, social media is so funny because, you know, anytime we can get onto our own personal accounts, you know, and see these great pictures everyone takes of their trips. But, you know, especially if you have kids, you know, behind every great picture is probably at least five of them that aren't so great. And behind every great kind of scene that's being depicted are several that were not so wonderful. (laughs) Well, let's just put it this way. People that were in Epcot a few days ago definitely heard from our three-year-old. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Or Magic Kingdom. <laughs> he, he was upset from Soren to the back gate. Right. So we'll just leave it at that. And we're going to talk about that next week on the failures episode. But we're happy today. Right. And we're talking about successes. So let's get right into it, Zolian. I'll start off with number one. Okay. We did not do rope drop on this trip. We did Not once. Not one time. And so rope drop, for those that don't know, is being in line when the park opens. And then you can head in your whatever respective direction that you want to head in to hit your first ride. We were not there. We slept in. Yeah. And that was great. We couldn't do it on this trip. I don't know what it was um, because, you know, looking back at all of our other trips that we've we've came down here to Disney ourselves with just, you know, the Nick and I and our kids, we were like go, go, go from like rope drop, you know, pretty much all day. And I don't know what it was, but I I just couldn't do it this time. Yeah, I wasn't feeling it this time. And I didn't miss it. No, I really didn't either. I mean, there are some things there are certainly positives to being there early, you know, being at the parks early, Um, you get to, to kind of snag spots on those or off for those rides that are often, you know, very where the lines are very lengthy. Like, for example, we did not get to ride Flight of Passage. I think we are heading, we're going to try tomorrow to maybe head back over to Animal Kingdom, maybe to hop over there um, to try to get onto Flight of Passage. But that's one of those rides that you usually have to wait for a while. Whereas if you, you know, if you rope drop that particular park, um, you can head right to Flight of Passage and hopefully bypass some of that line. So there are positives to it, but we we didn't uh, we didn't go that route. 
we didn't make it to it this time, and I don't feel good about our chances tomorrow. Probably at, not. At snagging that that ride tomorrow. But I just want to give a couple examples. So Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is usually the highest rate, the highest line in the Magic Kingdom. We rode that twice this trip. We did. We stood in line for it. It was a little bit longer the first time, a lot shorter the second time. So just kind of be strategic with checking your Disney My Experience app and looking at those ride times. After a summer rainstorm, they can be a little lower. They can also get lower at the end of the night. We also rode Space Mountain with uh, our kids, with the exception of Carter, our youngest. And we did that at the end of the night as well. So the lines were bearable this time. And I think that we said last time we learned how to stand in line on, on this trip. And it wasn't bad. And it's something that you have to do right now with Fast Pass not being around. Let's talk about number two. We had a lot of great dining experiences Mm -hmm. in this trip. We want to talk about a couple, call them hidden dining gems. Right. And these were places that we have never ate at before. Um, And, you know, we don't eat at sit-down restaurants every single day. But, um, you know, we're typically at least doing maybe some sit-down, maybe some quick service. Some of these ones, especially the one that I really want to highlight, we've never ate at. And honestly, I wasn't excited about it. But this one was great. Yeah, I made this reservation and I was really excited about it because I had heard that it was a hidden gem. It's the Plaza in Magic Kingdom. It's Mm -hmm. connected to the Plaza Ice Cream Shop at the end of Main Street. I was excited about it. I could tell that you weren't excited about it. Yeah, I was just, you know, you told me that you had made this reservation and I was like, eh, okay, whatever. You know, I would have been fine with just grabbing something quick um, because this was like a seven o'clock reservation. But um, a little bit of a backstory going into our reservation. It was it was later during during the day. Uh, it was rainy, which we had a lot of rain like at the beginning of the trip. So it was it was raining out. Carter was fussy. Um, we we finally made our way into this restaurant, and I want to give a shout out to the hostess Megan. Uh, she was fantastic. She seated us right away, and she said something that I never heard any other hostess say. She looked at me and, you know, kind of looking at our toddler, (laughs) glanced at me and said, what can I do to help you? And I was just, oh, that was just so nice to hear. Um, You know, here I have this screaming kid that I'm trying to, like, do everything to try to get him to, like, chill out. Um, And she was she was very, very nice. And so she brought him apple juice right away, even before we ordered and um, also some complimentary fruit from Mickey uh, is what they said. So that was very nice. Yeah, Megan was great. Uh, And one thing that we wanted to say as well was Hector, our server, was also really great. Just really understanding about uh, Carter's mood at that (laughs) moment. He did calm down and it was a great, it was a great dinner. But one thing that I want to point out about the plaza that not a lot of people know. Obviously, sit-down dining experiences tend to be a little bit more expensive than quick service dining. The plaza isn't. So the average price for an entree is going to be $15 or under at the plaza. So you can get a sit-down meal for basically a quick service price, which I thought was really good. And actually was the reason why I made the reservation and I was telling Zolian that it was a hidden gem. It really is, but it also is a great value for your dollar as well. And that brings us to number three on our list. When it's so hot in Florida, and it honestly has been so hot. I know we said last week in our episode that June heat is not the same right. as August heat. Well, you could have fooled me yeah, you know, we, a couple times over this trip. We kind of take that back a little bit. I was actually thinking about that uh, the other day. 
uh, that we said that and <laughs> it, it kind of got progressively hotter. I know there was one day this past week that I just didn't even like want to go to the park. There was, there was no breeze. It was just, it was very, very warm. We actually went to the pool that day uh, or at least during the afternoon. Um, it was very hot. So I mean, it's, it's summer in Florida. Yeah, it is summer in Florida. And whenever it's this hot, you got to find ways to get out of the heat and into the air conditioning. And so we ended up doing a lot of shows in places like the Magic Kingdom mm-hmm. and Epcot as well. We did some shows that as a family we've never done before. So I think our advice and one of our successes is don't skip the shows. We right. did Mickey's Fill Our Magic. Carter for the first that. time in a while. And it's a really great show for those who aren't familiar with it, where Donald ends up getting in trouble and loses Mickey's magic hat mm-hmm. and ends up in a bunch of classic Disney movies. And it's 3D. It's a it's 3D show. 3D. So you got Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Peter Pan, bunch of different movies that Donald mm-hmm. ends up in. And our kids were doing the standard grabbing at the people in front of them, <laughs> trying to touch the 3D objects. Another one that I want to call out, I mean, Zolian and I are both history buffs, but you'd never done this one before. No. The American Experience it was at great. Epcot is really great. A very touching tribute to America. And then one that we did for the first time was Beauty and the Beast sing-along, which mm-hmm. was pretty good as well. It was really good. And another kind of singing presentation that we went to was in the American Pavilion called Voices of Liberty. And it was an acapella group that sang a, a variety of different songs. And so even though you are still outside, it's kind of in this uh, undercover area with uh, with seats. And so it's it's sort of a nice place to cool off. We also went to Country Bear Jamboree in Frontierland in Magic Kingdom, and that's that's a classic. Our kids really love that, and that's really great to see because that is obviously an attraction that goes way back at Magic Kingdom, and uh, there have been rumors in the past about Country Bear Jamboree going away, and I would hate to see that happen because it's one of my favorite shows in Walt Disney World. So we really did appreciate the shows on this trip. Really for the first time in a while. I mean, I right. think we go sometimes in the cooler months like January where it's pretty pretty chill outside and we don't go into the shows as much. But right. this time we did. And I feel like, too, you know, whenever we go in January, like this was a little bit of a longer trip for us. And so usually when we go during the school year, you know, obviously it's, you know, one week and that's it. You know, we're, we're we leave on one day, you know, we come back seven days later. And so we it seems as if we try to squeeze maybe more stuff into that particular trip. So we're more sort of focused on the rides and trying to get that stuff in. Whereas this was a little more laid back. And so yeah, we got to check out that stuff. So definitely consider that whenever you're you're planning. There are three on this list that have to do with the resort that we're staying at, which is the Boardwalk Resort. So I'm going to hop down to the actually the last one on my list that has it's a little bit of a different one. We took time to go to Disney Springs. We actually did that today. Yes. And we had a really great time. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is something that we want to point out is it's really important to go to the parks. Obviously, you're paying to go to the parks. You want to make sure that you get your value out of going there. But Disney Springs is not a throwaway attraction. It is a great place to go. And if you haven't been there in a while, you might not recognize it. Right. Yeah, it's it's very different. And, you know, if you know anything about sort of the history of this area, it has gone through some sort of transformations. Like when we were kids, it was downtown Disney. Today, it is known as Disney Springs. And what's interesting about Disney Springs is it's divided into four different areas. There is the marketplace, the landing, town center and west side. 
And all of these areas actually have different purposes as well. For example, the town center depicts a fictional town's central business district. The west side is a town's exposition center. And then the landing is where the transportation and the marina is. So, of course, being Disney, it all has a fictional backstory. And if you're interested in reading that, there's a lot of information on the Internet to give you everything you need to know about Disney Springs. But Zolian's right. When we were kids, this was downtown Disney. And there were a few Disney stores, maybe a kitchen store, also kind of an all-around merchandise shop. Now you have high-end outlets. You also have that old downtown Disney area. You have a lot of different eateries that seem to be growing every time we visit. And then different things like AMC, a movie theater. And our son Christian was really excited about the new M&M's outlet. Yeah, they had M&M's. There was a Coca-Cola, this big like Coca-Cola store that was about three stories um Hi. So it's, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, going back to what you said about the, the places to eat, um, there, like the Rainforest Cafe is there, T-Rex, which is really kind of a fun place to eat. I know kids, you know, kind of get into, to seeing all the dinosaurs while they're eating. There are also really good, um, kind of more sort of quick service places. Like we ate at Chicken Guy today, which was, which was excellent. Yeah. Chicken Guys is actually a project of Guy Fieri, the guy from Diners drive-ins and dives yeah and so it was a really good place i had heard really great things about it that it was really great chicken tenders so we ate there and definitely would give it a 10 a 10 out of 10 review so definitely don't miss out on disney springs uh you can take a bus there for wherever you're staying as long as it's a disney resort or if you're renting a car it is on the disney property so it's easy to get to right and they have a parking garage um that is just right right there at the at Disney Springs that, you know, you don't have to pay to park. And so you can just get in there and uh, it's very easy access into into that area. So definitely check it out. And a great point about the parking garage. They actually have several parking garages in different areas in the different areas of Disney Springs. So regardless of what area you're going to, there's a parking garage or a parking lot that you can pull into. And the, the bus drop off location is is great and super convenient as well. And there are even some resorts that are just adjacent to Disney Springs. So, you know, if you are looking um, to, you know, to head to to Disney at some point, um, but kind of prefer to be maybe a little closer to this area, there is Saratoga Springs that is very close that you can actually access Disney Springs by boat, which looks really neat. Yeah, the boat is a great thing. Uh, we stayed at the Port Orleans Riverside Resort a few years ago, and they were running the boats to Disney Springs. The boats aren't running right now, but when they do run, they run to Saratoga Springs, Old Key West, and Port Orleans, both French Quarter and Riverside. So Mm -hmm. that is a great option for folks that want to head down to Disney Springs, and those are deluxe and moderate moderate resorts as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Now we want to focus on our resort, which is Boardwalk. We've been here for about a week and a couple days, and we've had a really great time. So first of all, we love this location. Boardwalk is in a location next to Epcot. You can walk to Epcot and also walk to Hollywood Studios. We've taken advantage of both. I think the location for us has been a really great benefit. It really has. And it's, you know, it's nice knowing... You know, that you're okay. I'm going to Epcot today. And you, even though the bus transportation, transportation systems are great, um, it's just kind of nice knowing that you can just sort of leisurely walk to one of these things, 
even though it is very warm. <laughs> but um, but it is nice to have that option to just kind of walk on over to whatever park you're you're planning to visit. Now, we have park hoppers, and so we're able to go to a park after 2 p.m. that is different from the park where we checked in in the morning. Right. Would you recommend park hopping, Solian? Do you think it's a good option for everybody, or do you think at this stage of the pandemic that folks really should be staying at the park that they go to in the morning? I think it depends, honestly. Um, if you're someone who doesn't head to Disney very often, uh, and this is a trip that you're, you know, you're, you've been planning for and, um, you know, you're, you're maybe going once and then not going, you know, for, for a while. Um, I say, you know, try to get in what you can. Um, you know, if you can dedicate one day, now there are four parks and I know that, you know, tickets are expensive. So if you can, you know, dedicate one park day to kind of each each park, I think that that's probably a good thing. There, There's definitely enough for you to do there. Um, however, if you want to come to a resort and maybe not have to buy tickets for four days and you want to try to maybe squeeze two parks in to one day, I mean, it's doable. So I, I think it's it's all up to that person and, and what their family wants to do. Kind of goes into our next piece of advice or our next observation of our trip, one of our successes is that we took advantage of the resort pool while we were here. We have a great pool here that has a great water slide that our kids really like. That's not something that we've done every time we've gone to Disney. Now, we do usually have a trip in January when it's colder and the pools are not open. And then we do usually go in the summer as well. But I would say that in the summer, we haven't really taken advantage of the pools to their highest potential either. I remember our trip at Port Orleans we never once went to the pool at that resort. We'd kind of go to the parks like mad right. and forget the pool. But this right. time we went down quite a few times. Yeah, this was kind of, like I said, I don't know whether it was because the, the trip was a little bit longer or I don't know, it was felt hotter <laughs> than what it has in the past. I'm not sure. But we were kind of not so much in that mode of, you know, just like park, park, park all the time. And I actually heard someone uh, talking to her family. I kind of overheard her. Um, say to her kids that, you know, we were, when we were down at the pool that, you know, she was really, really glad that they decided to have a pool day because she just needed a break from the parks and the parks are great and we love the parks, but I mean, it is a lot. And so, you know, kind of going back to what we were talking before about, all right, should you get hoppers or not? You know, it, it's all based on, you know, what do you want your vacation to look like? Do you want to really dedicate all of your time in the parks? Um, or do you want to, you know, kind of take a break in between some of these different resorts as well? So that's, you know, that's, that's all something to take in to consideration. I know that sometimes just having a down day, especially after you spent, you know, an entire day, um, you know, out sweating and, and walking forever, and you do walk a lot. Sometimes a pool day is is what you need. And it's hard with kids. And it, it can be very long and the hours can be very long. And so a lot of these tips kind of run in tandem. Um, one, with going for rope drop. And two, with taking advantage of the amenities at your resort. It all goes in in line with, with how your family is. You right. know, for some people, they're going to want to take advantage more of the resort amenities. For others going like crazy to the parks works for them. Right. And, you know, up until this point, and, and this kind of goes into our, 
you know, our next uh, episode where we talk about our failures. But, you know, up until this point, I mean, Carter, I mean, and he did well, but, you know, he was really like a trooper. I mean, the first time we went, he was 11 months old. We didn't, he didn't nap unless it was in the stroller. I mean, we just like, he was just kind of along for the ride. And, you know, even up until, you know, he was two, last two and a half last summer, that's how he was. This was really the first trip where, I mean, if Carter wasn't happy, he definitely let you know. And so, you know, again, that every kid is different. You know your kids, you know, if you need, if they need a break, um, then don't be afraid to to stay back and, and hang out at the resort. Because, you know, if you're on site at Disney, they, you know, Disney does their resorts very well. And so, um, you know, definitely those resorts are, are nice places to be. And one point about pools to make before we move on to the next one. For a lot of the resorts, there's more than one pool. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, Caribbean Beach and Port Orleans, they have different pools in the different areas of the resorts. A lot of the deluxe resorts as well have Mm -hmm. different pools spread across the resorts. So take a look at what's available at your resort and uh, it might provide a, a great convenience to you. This last one is one we talked about last week when we were talking about the things that we had learned so far on our vacation, and that is grocery delivery. Mm-hmm. Had pretty good success with grocery delivery for the first time that we've tried it. So I actually had someone reach out through our Facebook page about grocery delivery, and she had a few questions about it. But uh, we used Garden Grocer, and they are a really big company that delivers to a lot of the resorts. They deliver to about every Disney resort, whether it's a value, a moderate, or a deluxe, or a DVC resort. But basically, you just go online and put items in your cart, Mm -hmm. things that you want to have delivered. And then you pick a time slot, and it's delivered to Bell Services at your resort, and they hold it, and they'll even refrigerate items that need to be refrigerated until you're ready for it. And then you call Bell Services, and they bring it to your room. Yeah, it was it was really nice. I wasn't sure. I was really actually nervous about the grocery delivery aspect since we didn't have a car this time. And I didn't really know how this was going to play out since we had never done this before. But it's just one of those things that's kind of like, you know, curbside uh, pickup at like a place like Walmart uh, that you may do back home. After you do that one time, it's like you're questioning, why did I never do this before? You know, why is this the, the first time? And and I feel that way about Garden Grocer. Um, it just makes life easy. So even if you have a car and if you're wanting to get like a huge amount uh, of, of groceries, why haul that in yourself when they can just deliver it to you? I don't know. One tip that I would have, actually two tips that right. I would have. The first tip is pay attention to the time slots that are available. Right. I would actually recommend that you reserve your time slot two days in advance mm-hmm. at least. I think you can probably reserve even more in advance than that. I think but, it's like a week. Right. Yeah. So I was looking and there were plenty of times available for two days out in the future, even now. And so I would recommend that folks go on to Garden Grocer and place their order before they arrive to their resort and then have it delivered when they know they're going to be in and be checked in and be settled in. And I think that will work perfectly for people to mm-hmm. take advantage of that availability. The second one is these Delivery services have different thresholds where you can get free delivery. Right. For Garden Grocer, it was $200. Mm-hmm. And so you'll need to spend to that level in order to get your groceries delivered for free. But you're basically then getting an item, potentially, 
for free. Right. Um, so make sure that you're spending to that threshold. Yeah, you don't want to spend obviously a hundred and you know eighty five bucks, uh, and then having to to spend um, delivery or you know pay a delivery charge on top of that, um, where that would probably bump you up over two hundred. So yeah, just pay attention to that, and yeah, then you should be good to go. I mean, it was like I said, it was easy, and and those are just the two things that we would definitely change in the uh, in the future. And I just want to say that uh, we definitely appreciate all of the conversation that's happening around these topics and many others. Like I said, as a result of last week's episode, we received some messages about grocery delivery, also received some messages about rental cars and Mm -hmm. the different issues that are happening around that. So I would just invite everyone to head over to our social media pages, Instagram.com forward slash raised on the Diz and Facebook.com forward slash raised on the Diz and also RaisedOnTheDiz.com, which is our website, and you can track us on all of those different platforms. But next week, we're going to be talking about failures, and that's going to be a fun episode. So you don't (laughs) want to miss that because, my goodness, have we had some failures on this trip. It has been a fun challenge, right? It has been. And there were certainly, you know, days that were were more challenging and frustrating (laughs) and mortifying than others. Um, but overall, it was it was a good time. So we can't wait to share those experiences next week and maybe give some tips on how you can try to navigate them. I think, you know, we'll be we'll be learning along the way as well. But we really appreciate everybody spending a half hour of their day with us here on Raised on the Diz. This has been episode six. Have a magical day. And have a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Oh,